Public service announcement. I have just temporarily closed the doors to Lifestyle Business School. If you are a current or aspiring expertise-based business that has a business, courses, coaching, masterminds, where you are divorcing your value from your time, or that is the business model that you want, you likely know that Lifestyle Business School is the program that I have been tirelessly working on over the last six months to build out six comprehensive playbooks, which basically lay out the entire path. It has everything from business model design to offer creation, to back-end delivery, to driving traffic, live launch campaigns, automated campaigns, everything you could possibly need to start or grow a leveraged expertise-based business to the lifestyle business sweet spot. Now, never fear because we've only temporarily closed the doors and we have added a wait list. So if you head to lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, pop your name on the wait list and you are going to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out, which is super exciting. And all of the exciting changes that we have made to the program as well, which we will share in due course. But in order to get the special VIP bonuses, when we do open the door, I want you to go and pop your name on the wait list now. So that is going to be lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, put your name on the wait list, and you will be the first to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out with a lot of exciting changes and with pretty much the best deal under the sun. All right, let's get into today's podcast episode. Want to be a digital nomad and travel the world working on your laptop and sipping cocktails? Sounds pretty good, right? In this episode, I chat to Allery Stewart about how to do it and whether it's all poolside cocktails. If you've got big business dreams, but you're feeling stuck when it comes to all things social media, digital, and content marketing, this is the podcast for you. And if you like free stuff, well, I've got you sorted there as well. Head over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash little black book to steal all of my social media secrets. You're listening to the Talk Social to Me podcast by Stevie Says Social. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 48 of the Talk Social to Me podcast. Today, we're not specifically talking about social media, but bear with me because we are talking about something that, judging from all of the questions and Instagram DMs that I got when I was living and working remotely in Bali last year, is something that many of you are interested in. I am talking all about how to become a digital nomad, and I put that term in inverted commas because I hate it, and travel the world, or in this case, live in Bali. Now, I decided to bring on a friend, an internet friend, an Instagram friend that I actually started chatting to while I was living over in Bali because she had done a stint there before. She's just brought out an ebook that basically goes through exactly the step-by-step kind of framework for how she went about becoming a digital nomad and living in Bali. And so I thought, I need to get this girl on the podcast because we can chat about all of the things digital nomadism and yes, I hate that term. (laughs) 
but we can talk about in all seriousness, one of the best things that I've ever done in my life. Now, if you have the freedom to do it, and many of you might be creatives and you might be working from home and you might have the freedom and flexibility to work from anywhere, or if you've ever dreamt of doing it, you might be working in corporate and you've dreamt of having your own business that gives you the freedom and flexibility to do things on your own terms. I think that this is going to be an episode that you really enjoy. It's definitely a chat that I wish I had access to when I was in the planning phases of my Bali trip and basically it was just foraging around the internet for any information that I could get my hands on when it came to how to set yourself up in Bali and how to do it right. So in this episode, Allery Stewart, who is the founder and the boss babe at Brand Babe Studio, which is a remote branding studio, talk about her experience and my experience as well. We talk about how she set up a business that allowed her to work and live remotely. We talk about how to make digital nomad life work with kids. She's got a little boy. The challenges and obviously the upsides of digital nomad life and the specifics of actually doing a stint in Bali. Now, for anyone that's interested in doing some further reading, if this is an episode and a topic that you are interested in, Alarise has just, as I mentioned, released an ebook on this exact topic. If you're interested in checking it out, and she's very graciously offered a 20% discount to Talk Social to Me listeners, you can head over to the show notes at steviesayssocial.com forward slash 48, and you can check that out. But I think you're really going to like this chat, guys. It's one that I really enjoyed. I loved reminiscing about my time over there. And to be honest, I think it's something that I'll be doing quite regularly throughout my career. And I think it's something that potentially, if you have the flexibility or if you have the guts to give it a go, is something that I would put on your bucket list in the next year or two. Anyway, enjoy this chat, guys. I would love it if you would send me an Instagram DM at Stevie Says Social if you got something out of it. And I'll stop rambling on. Let's get into the chat with Alarise. Hey, Alarise, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you on to talk all things remote living and living in Bali and digital nomadism. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's like my favorite topic. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Um, So let's just start for anyone that, um, for everyone that doesn't know really anything about you, who you are, what you do, and a little bit about how you came to be living in Bali for a stint or several stints as well. (laughs) Um, Cool. So my name is Ellerys, obviously. Um, and I am the founder and creative director of Brand Babe Studio, which is a remote branding agency. Um, and I actually studied design years and years and years ago and kind of didn't do much with it and kind of fell into a whole range of random jobs, ended up doing like my last job before I started my business was actually in financial services. Um, to do like, the corporate thing um, and then left that and started my business. So when I was starting my business, I actually took a trip to Bali, like a girl's trip, and 
on that trip met all these digital nomads and I was like what is this like what do you mean you live here what do you mean you can just like travel to all these countries and work um and it was perfect timing because it was when I was kind of putting the business together and I mean being a designer that's like the perfect kind of skill to be able to create a remote business so I made sure that I'd set it up in a way that would allow me to basically live anywhere even if I decided not to do to do that I realized I needed to set it up that way so I had the option um and so the goal actually became to set up my business to pretty much earn enough to live in Bali I didn't know how long I wanted to live there for um I didn't know if I would want to you know go somewhere else or what that would be but I just wanted to create a business that generated income remotely and would allow me to at least do a stint there which I've now done too so yeah very cool and (laughs) I uh as you know so we first started chatting on Instagram when I was over in Bali on my stint when was it it was last year so June I think June to June July August I was over there so just over two months and it's so funny so similar to you I had gone on a trip I've been to Bali like a million times so so many times but Um, I'd gone in March with my partner for um, his birthday and I already had my business. So I started November the year before, but so similar to you, I caught up with Louise from Solopreneur Sidekick, who we both know. And yeah, (laughs) Um, and we caught up for a coffee and she was telling me, I kind of knew, you know, what she was doing, obviously from um, Bizland, but she was telling me all about her lifestyle and how she was living in Bali and was making her business work from over there. And mm-hmm. same as I was like, this is the dream. Yeah, this is totally. amazing. Yeah. 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 And it's such a massive scene over there, isn't yeah. it? There's so many people doing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. Every time I come back home, I almost have this kind of weird moment when I'm sitting in a cafe because usually I'm the only one in a cafe with my laptop out as opposed to when I'm back in Bali, there's like a whole crew. <laughs> like even if yeah. you don't know anyone there, you're like, you all kind of gravitate to the same corner and yeah. just like sit in the corner and like working on your laptop. Um, but yeah, it's just the norm there. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, like so many people, and I know I'm kind of included in this as well, have thought about doing it forever and either kind of never get around to doing it or they're too scared or they're thinking that it's not something that's, you know, real life. How did you go about it? Because I know I've got my own story, but I'm so interested in yours as well. Yeah. Um, So I actually have a girlfriend of mine who um, she would go over to Bali every three months, kind of I think the same period that you were over, sort of to to beat the New Zealand winter. And she would go with her her little boy. um, And the dad would like, um, I guess, like come up for like six weeks or something during that time. I think the first time they did it, they all went up together. Um, So it's kind of like the thing that they do. Um, and so when I was, oh, I took a second trip after my girl's trip. I took a second trip. I took my son for his second birthday over in August to see if he would like it. Um, and see, you know, if I could actually imagine us doing like a couple of months there or whatever. And at the time that girlfriend was there. Um, and so it was cool to see like how her son was there and like their setup. Um, and I just had someone to kind of like bounce ideas off. And then what was really cool as well is I connected with another mom who's like lived there for, I think about three years or something. And she's really, really set up there, like lives there permanently, does nine months there and three months in New Zealand. Um, um, and so connected 
with her via Instagram, I think. And then and then I actually had a client who was about to go and do a four month stint and we actually became friends. And, um, my, the start of my stint there crossed over to like the last two weeks of her being there. Um, and so I kind of had all these real people to like bounce off as opposed to like the people that I'd sort of originally met on my girl's trip. Cause I guess, I, we just didn't really stay in contact. It was just kind of me being exposed to that world and being like, Oh, this is a thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I prepared a lot. I mean, obviously I'm a single mom. And so there, that adds a whole other dimension <laughs> to it that I didn't have as well. How old's yeah. your little boy? He's three and a half now. Yeah. Yeah. So when we went over, he, I mean, we obviously did two weeks for his second birthday. And then when we had actually done like our three months there, he was two and a half. Um, and so, yeah, there's like a lot of factors with that. It's like, you've got to think about childcare and like safety and like medical stuff. And of course you've got to think about the medical stuff for yourself, but it's definitely adds another layer when it comes to kids. And so for me, I had to be overly prepared and I was just basically hounding everyone that I knew that had done more than a month in Bali for info. And I spent like a very long time planning before I'd done it because it wasn't just me. I think honestly, if I didn't um, have a child when I kind of discovered this whole world, I would have just gone and done it. Like I got on a plane, I would have gone on a plane and probably set my business up there and lived off savings. But I think you didn't have the luxury of doing it because you wanted to obviously make sure that everything, yeah, makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I took a year to set up my business before I went. So, um, so did you set up your business? Like it pretty much was with the idea that, okay, cool. I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to go to Bali. Yep. Totally. Like I was like, no matter what, I need to remain remote. And in all honesty, I just wanted to remain remote anyways. It gives you so much more flexibility as a Mm. mom, as opposed to, for example, when you're working a nine to five and it's like my jobs in the city like so I need to like um live close to the city otherwise I'm going to spend all my time in traffic or um you know like um yeah I think about that all the time mm, with my business like just the freedom that's involved I always think back to and I'm not saying like you know if you love your corporate job and you love being in the one spot that's awesome I'm not sort of saying either way but for me and I'm guessing for you as well the freedom that comes with basically having an online business, whether mm-hmm. it's services or courses or whatever. Yeah. It's amazing. It's whether amazing. you want to get up and go to Bali yeah. or whether you want to, you know, yeah. I've, for example, moved from Brisbane to the Gold Coast mm-hmm. because I no longer needed to be in the city. That's like, it. yeah, yeah, it's amazing. That's it. Um, and I think for me as well, being a solo mom, I need a lot of flexibility um, because I need yes. my kind of money maker to work into my lifestyle, not the other way around. Um, Mm. And it's funny because we're like, I don't know, we go through school and we're trained to think the opposite. It's like your career comes first. Like you go to uni, you do this. And it's like, that's so weird because. Oh, it is. (laughs) But it's so true though. (laughs) I went through like 10 years of doing that before I realized that it doesn't have to be like that. (laughs) And I'm just like, what? Um, I mean, even with like education now, it's like um, my little sister's just turned 18 and she's gone yeah I just want to become a flight attendant and do an online marketing course I'm like well dad's not going to be into that but like go for it <laughs> I'm yeah. like, that's awesome. <laughs> you're like me I literally encourage anyone that's kind of younger to absolutely just go for what they want and it doesn't need to be the traditional path yeah. Yeah. 100% yeah definitely yeah and it's so interesting because a lot of the time especially when you do have kids like I know with a lot of my friends they have finished up with their you know 
um, job and they're mm-hmm. on maternity leave and yeah. that's when they start to realise that they need mm-hmm. that flexibility and that yeah. they can't go back to that, you yeah. know, nine to five, which is never nine to five, no, corporate not. life and still look after their kids the way that they want to, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know where I've read this, but um, it was basically saying that when you become a mum, you have to work twice as hard to stay, to maintain where you are in your career compared to everyone else. And it's so true. Yeah. So I the, haven't experienced it yet, but yeah, <laughs> looking forward to that. <laughs> it's so true. I think it still applies to business, but I think that when you have your own business and specifically with it being remote, it just gives you less of an obstacle to moving yeah. kind of forward. Yeah. Um, in terms of what you're building and, and your money maker essentially. So for those people that are like, okay, cool, this freedom thing sounds bloody amazing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I want to do the digital nomad thing, what was actually involved for you in getting set up firstly before you even got to Bali mm-hmm. to the point with your business that it was firing along the way that you wanted to and you had that kind of luxury and flexibility? Yeah. So I, when I think about it now in hindsight, I still took a risk in when I kind of went over. So I had my business booked out for four months. So I knew that guaranteed no matter what, I've got four months of client work lined up. Like that's pretty good. Um, Mm. And I mean, I had decent processes in place. um, And from kind of the time when I started to get booked out, I'd never not been booked out. So that was like, I think it would have been like eight months of just straight, never walking into a new month without um, clients booked out ahead. And so for me, that was like that level of security with the business. Mm. Um, But I think the one thing that was missing was the passive income. And you can't see me, but I'm doing little air quotes when I say passive income because (laughs) passive income is not that passive. Oh, Um, trust me, I know this. Yeah, yeah. I've never worked so hard in my life for my passive income. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, and yeah, I just wish that the first time I did the stint, I had some sort of um, diversified income or digital product or even something maybe that was outside of my business because I basically went over and only had one source of income. And that actually is risky. And I think whether you're mm. in Bali or not, it's risky to only mm. have one source of income. I think that honestly, we should have multiple. Everyone should have mu- multiple regardless you of your situation. Did you there was any issues doing service work going from where you were in New Zealand mm. over to Bali? Or, you know, was that you had to address with your clients? No, um, I think I definitely was aware of the time difference and it's five hours from New Zealand. So it's actually quite a big chunk of time. Yeah. What I did was I would try and always work a day ahead. Um, so when I would, you know, give deadlines for certain things, um, I was always working like a day ahead because really five hours actually does mean that from like a business hour perspective, I am actually a day behind. Mm. New Zealand. Um, so there was that. And then obviously I had my business partner as well. And so we had to kind of figure out how we were going to communicate. And I think that that was when we had moved from like not really having a set process on how we needed to communicate to creating that. So we actually moved to using Slack, um, and created different channels so we could address certain things. We could get back to it when we were both ready to, as opposed to being an email or there was a time we were using Facebook messenger. So like just really like, 
um, creating like processes and systems was a big thing. Letting clients mm. know that, you know, one and a half of us is on Bali time, one half is in New Zealand, but guess what? This means that we have extended business hours. So trying to also make it like a benefit rather than, yeah, uh, a great like, point. yeah like what are you doing in Bali? That's mm. like a bit odd. Um, I was actually in my, my instance, I was very much, I did the opposite to you. So mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than, um, booking out four months in a ahead, ahead and going back to what you were saying about passive income, mm-hmm. I actually cut my clients to go over so that I could concentrate while I was over there, uh, on creating a course. Amazing. And yeah. So pretty much did yeah. it. But what it meant, I actually, basically did double the amount of client work for three months before I left. And okay. I've never worked so hard in my entire life. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Just to fund, to have the funds to go over mm. to basically allow me the time to spend in Bali, not concentrating so much on client work and actually having Creating. the time and space to create a course. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That That's a dream. Like, that's why I say my first stint, I wish I had some sort of other income. And then honestly, like, it's quite funny that you say that you did that because on my recent stint, all I wanted to do was just, um, you know, create, create courses and create things that I know people need. I know that people can afford, um, mm. that, you know, we can just sell and not kind of be, exchanging our time for money I think every time I go back to Bali I'm just so confronted with the whole concept of exchanging our time for money but also I just want to make sure that I'm serving my clients um in the best way and so I think with having like a branding agency it can be that kind of struggle between you know where do we put our time um but that's such a like cool way to do it oh my goodness oh it was amazing and it was actually it was so funny when I went over because it really solidified for me I don't know if you had this as well Mm -hmm. but I was working out of um a couple of different co-working spaces so there was one in Amala so I can't even remember the name of it it like yes Yes. it was like the most beautiful like interior design it was very kind of quiet and then also Dojo, which obviously yeah. is in Echo Beach. Yeah. Anyone that's done co-working mm-hmm. in Bali would be familiar with it, but yeah. much more social. Yeah. But it was over there that it was validated that, okay, cool, I actually do want to take this direction with my business because yeah. I met so many cool people that were doing exactly that. A hundred percent, yeah. 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 And the other thing I found as well is, and it's probably if you're going over there and you're a service-based business and you've got clients, it's actually – uh, really difficult to mm. <laughs> uh, concentrate on the client yeah. because there's so many cool things that you want to do. Like yeah. you want to go for sunset drinks and, you yeah. know, you meet cool people and you want to do all mm-hmm. of the things and it doesn't necessarily tie in with, you know, no. um, working like crazy on, on service work. So no. that's definitely if you're going over something to keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. Um, we actually talk about this in the, the Bali book that we created is, um, you know, the pace of life there is very different. And so if you've got clients in Sydney or in Auckland, which are like these main buzzing cities, they're on a different wavelength than you. Um, yes. So you need to account for that. Maybe you ramp yeah. down your services or maybe you even take a month off. So we actually do a couple of kind of suggestions in the book of um, how to approach it. And I give, you know, my really honest thoughts around um, what life is like there. It's a lot slower. It's, yeah. it's harder to be on that hustle pace and mentality. 
Um, it's so true. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of get into the swing of it pretty quickly. Oh, I know yeah. I did. I was yeah. kind of like, I was still getting up really early, but like I'd kind mm. of, you know, like go and do Pilates or whatever and then come back and yeah. then I'd probably get a coffee and mm-hmm. it'd be like 10.30 before yeah. I even got to a co-working space, yeah. you know, whereas yeah. at home I would have been working for three hours. So yeah, yeah. exactly. It's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about what life was like when you were over there. Okay, so I've done two kind of stints there. So my first time over there, like, come for living, was for three months. And then recently we were there for six weeks. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, it was, a, like, my main thing when I get there is kind of like I need to settle my son into some form of childcare, whether that's nannies or whether that's going to school. So um, the two stints were quite different, actually. Um, yeah. The first time was like just a lot of kind of unknown and trying to. What did you do for accommodation before you went over? Um, so I just booked a place for like a month to give myself space to find. Um, yeah. yeah, like like because yeah. it's better to book when you're there, but it's cheaper. But like mm-hmm. it's for me, I'm like, oh, I just rather make sure that my first month is like covered, and then I've got like a month to find accommodation for the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just booked something online. Um, but yeah, I guess life there for me was just, yeah, waking up early and I'm not a morning person, but in Bali, I wake up so early and it's so nice and I don't feel groggy. I'm like excited to wake up. Um, yeah. and then it's slow mornings with my son and you know, like every morning's different with kids, whether you're in Bali or not, but it's like, sometimes it's like, we'll do a morning swim or, you know, we'll walk down to um, a cafe down the road or, you know, maybe we'll um, grab a Gojek and, and go to like Milkamadu, which is like our favorite little breakfast spot. It's got like a playground and I can sit and watch my little boy running around and actually enjoy my, my meal. Um, and then it'll yeah. be school time or heading off to the nanny. Um, yeah. And then for me, the bulk of my day is working. Now that was the first time it was a lot of working. The second time it was giving myself space for self-care. So going for those massages and ha- catching up with friends because I guess the second time I'd already kind of had like a bit of a community. Um, mm. and, and you meet people so easily. Oh, I found that. Yes. I feel like I've got so many friends over there now. Same. <laughs> I was there for two and a half months. Same. Seriously. Like yeah. I've, I've got some of my best friends who live there now and it's actually, yeah. it was actually really hard to leave this time. Um, yeah. it, it's like sad. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I would try and I guess smash out work or um yeah, go just hang out with friends and um yeah. just have some time to myself. Did you ride a scooter a scooter when you were over there? No. So I, I okay. rode one twice. Um yes. and it was bad and so I was like, I don't really want to die. So <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah. we would either like I would either just try and make the most of like um when I had like the nanny around, she's like happy to like scoop us everywhere. And then right, um, cool. we would just use Gojek to get around, but it's becoming a bit of a problem around Chengu. Um, I don't know. The transport system there is just getting a bit strange. So I think like... Yeah, for all of the listeners, <laughs> basically, you base yourself in Chengu, which is where like a lot of the do- digital nomads are. Mm. It's um, pretty much impossible to get any form of public transport because yeah. they basically don't allow it because the local taxi people basically have the monopoly. Mm. And if you try to, you know, 
a Gojek is basically like a scooter. Mm, um, like a scooter Uber. So if you <laughs> hire them, they can be really hard because sometimes they don't come and it's just like this kind of black hole mm. of zero public transport. So, yeah. yeah, that's what you're saying. Hey, it's really yeah. hard without, you know, something. Yeah. Yeah, you really do need to ride a scooter there. But I just like I've got a little boy and I'm like, I don't feel confident. I need to come home and yeah, get like a totally. motorbike license and maybe I just... I was too scared to ride one. Yeah. <laughs> My partner just like rode me around but I don't think I'd do it with a little um I don't think I'd do it with a little kid no way yeah I mean I definitely like that's one of my goals for 2019 is like whether I go back to Bali or not it'd be a good skill for me to be able to have like my motorbike license and mm. just feel confident um in a country mm. that actually has road rules <laughs> and then when I go over there it's like okay cool yeah shortcut, which is like this crazy road yeah but like no it's supposed to be one way I think yeah. But it's like not one way and right. people just go crazy along this thing with like rice fields on both sides. Yeah. And yeah, it's like seriously no, just, <laughs> unlike anything we've got over here. No, I just don't even yeah. understand. Like yeah, <laughs> honestly. <it's> so funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you checked out the social shop yet? If not, you're going to want to head to steviesaysocial.com forward slash shop right now. Why? Well, because social media is time consuming, but you don't need to reinvent the wheel. The social shop has all of the templates and resources you need to make your social media life easier. I have done all of the hard work for you from social media style guide templates to caption templates, Instagram post creative templates, checklists, tracking spreadsheets, and more. It's all in the social shop waiting for you to use. And I have got a present exclusively for Talk Social to Me listeners. Head over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash shop now and enter Talk Social to Me at the checkout for 10% off your first purchase. Don't say I don't help you guys. Head to steviesayssocial.com forward slash shop to shop now. So what did you find in terms of the cost of living? What were you doing in terms of, um, you know, budget and Mm -hmm. finding places to live? And is there lots of different options? Because I know I found, honestly, you could live as cheaply Mm. or as expensively Mm -hmm. as you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that the thing with Bali that's so interesting compared to the rest of the world, like even if you're just on holiday, is people go, how much do I need to spend per day? And it's like, as you said, as cheap or as expensive as you want. You could literally Mm. go over there and have your expenses be exactly the same as they are in Australia and New Zealand, but you're just living a better life. You've just got, Mm. you're getting more. That's the thing. You get more for your money. That's what I feel. Yeah, Yeah. You're getting more. I think in reality, what's difficult is like, you do want to go to the cool new cafes that are not like, you know, the prices of Warungs where your yep. food's like $2 for Nasi Goreng. Like sometimes yeah. you do want to, you know, go to Milk and Madu and, and pretty much pay what you'd pay back home, but still cheaper. Like it's still yes. always a little bit Coffees cheaper. Coffees were always the same price, but the food yeah. was always cheaper. Yeah. But definitely not crazy cheap. No. Like Bali, especially if you're going to not be eating at the Warungs. Yeah, that's it crazy like not crazy expensive but close to Australian prices I think so yeah Yeah. um which is fine because at the end of the day like Bali is quite western so it makes sense Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess in terms of costs, um, like nannies are a lot cheaper definitely than being in Australia, New Zealand. You can basically get a nanny for $6 an hour or oh. like some of them are like, um, two mil to three mil a month to have like a fixed nanny. But that's like, if you can offer them like a full time, like contract for like a year or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. so like two, two or three mil is about 200, $300 a month. Um, yeah. And anyone then, that's paying for childcare in Australia right now is like booking their ticket to Bali. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like my son went through this really amazing alternative, um, daycare and it was three mil a month. So $300 wow. a month for full time Monday to Friday. Yeah like far out mm. and that's just that's just so um it's so refreshing to hear for anyone that does kind of really want to go and do it and they've got kids because yeah. you kind of hear about you know people doing it when they're like free and they don't really have you mm-hmm. know kids and they're, you know and it's fine for them and it's fine for people like me and it's like yep just get on a plane but it's so nice to go okay cool you can actually still do all of that stuff yeah. and it's completely achievable totally yeah. 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 Love that. Um, like I always said, if I meet someone one day and have another baby, I'm having my entire maternity leave in Bali because you can get nannies, you can get massages every day. Like there's so many <laughs> self-care options. I'm like, so yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and so what other expenses did you find that there were? Well, co-working, like I think, yes. um, a lot of the co-working spaces are, they, they are still cheaper than like Australia, New Zealand for sure. But they're not like an expense that's cheap. Mm, I found that. Yeah. So like, I think you're still looking at around like one to two mil for some places. Hey, depending on where you go, they, they do vary a lot and there's a lot more co-working spaces now. Like there's Outpost, mm. there's Tropical Nomad. Nomad looks yeah. amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of options now and we actually break down all those options in the Bali book that we created as well. And we're going to update that soon. So it's going to have a few more that I kind of found when I was there. Um, but there's so many options with co-working spaces but I definitely um would encourage anyone who heads over there to join up with a co-working space like even just drop in for a day if you're not sure if it's going to be your thing because it's such a great place to connect with people um and just to like do really focused work because sometimes the cafes can be a bit distracting Mm. I always found it was kind of good to do a little bit of both Mm -hmm. so I really like the social aspect and the kind of meeting people at co-working spaces Mm -hmm. um but I liked kind of spending my mornings at cafes and having coffee and like watching life go by. And honestly, the cafes for everyone listening have like amazing Wi-Fi, air conditioning (laughs) when it's crazy humidity. Mm -hmm. So it's really good. And it was just kind of good to kind of mix, mix it up. Mm -hmm. As you said, it's completely unlike the cafes in Australia where they just look at you if you pull out a computer. Like if you don't have a computer, in Chungu, it's kind of, it's a little bit strange. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think a mix is pretty cool, which mm-hmm. means that in terms of the cost, you can pay for, you know, like a part-time at a co-working space yeah. and then spend the rest of your time at cafes. No problem. Yeah. Right? And that's what I did. So um, I actually went to third space and that's what um, I would do as well. Um, yeah. Cause it is nice to mix it up. I think there's so many yeah. options. Like, why would you not? Yeah. Um, I guess the other expenses is like self-care which honestly 
again, also varies actually because if you go to like more of like a local kind of place, you could get a massage for like $9 as opposed to going to somewhere but more upmarket like Spring Spa and it's about $27. Mm-hmm. But like we've got Spring Spa in Auckland and to get a massage is like I think $90. So like you're still saving a lot. Um, yeah, which is that's awesome. the thing. Massages are dirt cheap, and I think even if you're paying, you know, twenty something dollars, mm. and the quality of it is amazing. Yeah. You can afford to do it, you know, once yeah. a week or twice a week. I actually, yeah, um, definitely, just found that that was a lifesaver for me, especially when you're working at a computer all day. Like yeah. I just literally sit at a laptop and type all day. And actually, down the road from me, had this massage place that specialized yeah. in like massage for this is so crazy it just shows how like oversaturated shungu is with digital nomads but like um specific to like office workers yeah. and so like it was like a neck and back massage yeah. and it was yeah. just life-changing yeah I love though that's what I love about shungu is like there's literally a solution for every problem like, yeah totally crazy and there's a lot of problems over there but there's you know <laughs> right yeah on a day-to-day level there's a lot of uh, problems and I think as we kind of spoke about before is like definitely think about your workload when you head over there especially if you're a service-based yes. business because yep. your life is slow things that take you mm. 30 minutes to do back home could take you the whole day <laughs> like yeah really. I mean there's things like, you know, visas and visa runs, and that takes up so much time as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you, Let's talk about that. Uh, what is yeah. the going with over there? So obviously you're in New Zealand, I'm mm-hmm. in Australia. I've got listeners in the US and all over the world. Mm-hmm. But what's the kind of, what's the general gist and what did you do with visas and being able to stay? Yeah. So um, if you're wanting to go there for uh, 30 days or less, you don't need a visa. You basically get it granted on arrival. So you're mm-hmm. good to go. If you want to stay for more than that so if you know that you just want to stay for 60 days then you need to actually go and get the visa on arrival like actual visa where you purchase it and I think it's like what 25 30 US dollars yeah Yeah. um and then what you have to do is after about two two weeks get in touch with um an agent and they will help you extend it and you have to go down to immigration and then you'll get your passports back and that's all good. Um, yeah. Some people do the social visa if they're wanting to stay there for months. So I think you can stay there for up to six months. Six months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's basically the same process, right? You just need to go and um, go get the agent again to do it as well. Um, yeah, it's actually, it's a lot easier with visas than you would think to kind of, yeah. as long as you're not obviously um, working over there in a capacity yeah. where obviously, you know, you're trading services over there, yeah. then you're pretty much good to go. Like I had, I applied to the Indonesian um, consulate for a two-month visa, which mm-hmm. is like a um, visa that I had for the whole two months. And I literally stayed for the 60 days. I yeah. flew out on the last day and it was pretty much no problems at all yeah so So easy it's so easy it's just going down to immigration sometimes can be time consuming only because there's so much traffic and it's like that's that's actually bureaucracy (laughs) as well when you get there which is interesting yeah Yeah. I mean it's not an issue but yeah it's just like just realize that when you're going down to immigration that's your whole day gone do not plan anything maybe even plan a massage when you get back no (laughs) (laughs) that actually brings me to my next question which I'm actually imagining that day which would be (laughs) in traffic on the back of a scooter Mm -hmm. in ridiculous heat then waiting and then like there's absolutely no rhyme or reason to the 
way that everything works Mm -hmm. and then back and then you're just sweaty and hot. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's not always roses. What did you find? I know I've got a few things that I found in terms of downsides, but what did you find when you were over there? Yeah. Um, as I said before, like, it's just sometimes the like everyday really basic stuff that you're like, why is this taking so long? Um, there was like a kind of like some funny things though as well, like going and getting your laundry done or like finding a place that's not going to shrink your pants. Like, I don't know if you found this, but I found like laundry was like hit or miss. I'm like, these are boyfriend jeans. Now they are skinny jeans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think those things are a little bit more funny than anything Mm. else. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, probably the biggest thing I found was the, and it just made me really sad is like the rubbish and the problems that they have over there with that sort of thing. It's just, it's definitely not depending on the time of year that you go over to somewhere like Bali. Mm. Um, it's not paradise on the beach. It just goes to show you how, you know, horrible um yeah it's rich problem is it's really bad like I don't actually enjoy being on the beach that much anymore to be honest um like Uluwatu and those kind of areas are fine but I think Chungu Beach is getting quite bad hey with the rubbish oh it's so it's shocking it really shocked me when I was over there yeah it's it's crazy um and then you know you stay at a hotel or whatever and you're getting like um single use bottle water like every day and you're just like what yeah this is why it's a problem um yeah I think also like the streets can be quite dirty like, it's not a clean place. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like when you're out in the street, it's quite dirty. When you're inside these beautiful cafes and, and resorts and, you know, like La Brisa and all those beautiful places, that's great. But, yeah, like definitely the streets are not as clean. Um, yeah. What I, did you find in terms of safety? Did you feel safe? I felt, yeah, I do feel safe. Um, yes. I felt safe, but I definitely had moments, I think especially with using like Gojeks and stuff where I'd be on the back of a Gojek and I'm just like, hutty hutty, like slow down. <laughs> um, crazy drivers. Yeah. So true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like we had to use um, Gojek for the first few times when I dropped my son off at daycare and I'm like, slow down. Um, yeah. And then eventually got a driver and that was fine. Um, but yeah, definitely. It's just kind of like taking the normal precaution portions isn't it mm, yeah sometimes being on the back of a scooter I'm like yeah it's okay but like also even like you can be a good driver but you just don't know what someone else is gonna do or like mm. if the dogs are gonna like run out into the street and everything's so open yeah I found with my little one I would have to really maybe check out a place before I take him somewhere um mm. because I, like totally. a lot of the cafes are very open plan and like he could just run out onto the street so yes like the infrastructure is just different to what we're used to and you have to be really aware of that. Um, Mm. Another thing as well is like obviously you're not going to get free healthcare. So getting travel insurance is really important. My son actually got pneumonia when we were over there. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I was so happy that I, you know, had gotten the best travel insurance and if I hadn't, we would have been sat with like a $6,000 bill. Um, Mm. We ended up going to, I think it was BAMC Nurse Do, and they were incredible, like took the best care of him. But when we kind of like initially went to just like a local emergency place, like that was out of pocket. Mm. Um, and the start of that experience was a bit scary because it felt like they were just trying to get as much money out of me as possible until we kind of got to the hospital. 
yeah. that's when everything was all good and that's when everything was covered. So I think like those day-to-day things where like in Australia you've got Medicare and New Zealand, it's like subsidized. Mm. and you go to the doctor and you know you're not going to get ripped off and Bali you don't really know and yeah just like basic things as well like going to the pharmacy you're like well what's in this like you can totally. get the level of like <laughs> medication you can get over the counter blows my mind isn't it crazy <laughs> I actually went to get headache tablets one day and there was like crazy amounts of caffeine in the headache tablets I'm like mm. I don't even know how that works but anyway yeah yeah, it's yep. just, I'm like, um, so yeah, just stuff like that. It's like, maybe just make sure you bring like all your vitamins and all your medication from home, especially yeah. if you know you're just going to be there for like two months. You can definitely mm-hmm. like plan for that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's just the basic level day-to-day things can be really hard as opposed to, you know, like going and getting a massage that's really cheap. It's yes. kind of funny. It's like, there's no middle ground like totally (laughs) it can be quite polarizing actually where you're like either I'm having the best time here or it's like everything that could go wrong is going wrong (laughs) like I don't think I definitely had those a few days like don't get me wrong it was amazing Mm -hmm. but you know like I'd be in my villa and all of the power would cut out and I'd have a call in 20 minutes and you know like the something else would go wrong and then I'd you know try to get some food and nobody Mm. would come to my villa and it was just yeah those days yeah yeah and oh my gosh speaking about that like the whole kind of when you live in Bali you don't cook like it's cheaper to eat out but then also like I'm like "Mm, is it really like it kind of adds up right Mm. (laughs) it's tricky yeah it's actually quite interesting so Louise who we both know she Mm -hmm. has somebody come to her villa over there and actually like cooks all of her meals and things for her mm-hmm. and there were some days when I was there that I was like gosh it would just be so nice to have that so that you don't mm. need to go to a restaurant every night which sounds so like brattish to I say know, but, but it's not sometimes you just want to be at home with a nice home-cooked meal you know yeah totally yeah especially with a yeah. little one like I would definitely yes. do gojic and like gojic food and have it be at home because I just don't want to deal with having like my three-year-old in a cafe three times a day like and yes. I don't think he like it's not fun for a kid to be in a cafe it's fun for no. us like I love it I'm such a foodie so I'm like I could just live in a cafe <laughs> but it's yeah. not fun really for different. a little kid <laughs> And I get it. So if anyone's listening and they're not already like a hundred percent convinced, mm-hmm. I don't know. We've just been talking about all of the downsides, so yeah. <laughs> maybe you're second guessing. <laughs> um, but if if people are thinking about doing it, I don't know. Like my advice when people are coming to me mm-hmm. is just bloody do it because I you know agree. two months grows quicker than you would ever ever think. Yeah, and totally you know, that time is going to pass. And if you don't do these sorts of things sometimes, then, you know, they're the things that you regret at the end of the day. And life is always going to be the same at home. And if you have the luxury of doing things remotely, have experiences like this. What do you think? Totally. I even feel like, look, if you're scared, just go over for a month, you know, like you can talk like the cost of living, you could live cheap there, as we said. So just go yep. over for a month, you know, yeah. and, and test it out and be like, can I actually do this? You don't have to go yeah. all in. The, the good thing about Bali as well is like it will always be there, but you need to just 
do it because mm-hmm. it's flexible. You can go over, maybe rent your place out and go over for a month or two or, you know, whatever. Um, but you can, yeah, really, like, you can trial it, it out. You can make it work. Yeah. yeah. I just literally, like, my decision-making around it was, like, the most snap decision. Same. I do this all the time. Mm-hmm. And my partner was like, okay, so we're going to Bali. I was like, yep, we're going. I'm booking the tickets today and it's going to happen. And he was like, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And I was like, you know what? It will work itself out. Yeah. And it was so funny, like we were moving to the Gold Coast. So I just called the real estate and said, hey, can you get tenants in, you know, two months early? And they were like, what? But then the next week we had tenants. And, you know, like it's just those sorts of things just tend to work themselves out. Exactly. Yeah, like I know your experience and my experience. It's just so cool. The good side, the bad side, like all of it. It's just such a cool experience. So Totally. um, yeah. yeah, go for it, guys, go if you're thinking it. about it. Yeah. And this has, you know, inspired you 100% go for it. Honestly, like the experiences and, and the growth that I've had from that, it's been the biggest, probably after becoming a mum, it's been the biggest kind of growth experience for me. Yeah. And I just like, I get so excited about it and I just like want everyone to go over and like do that. <laughs> experience. Yeah. yeah. And you know, the other thing as well that I loved is just the different people I met that mm-hmm. I would never have met if totally. I was sitting in Brisbane in my lounge room. Like yeah. I met people literally from all over the world doing the craziest things yeah. and the coolest things. Mm-hmm. And it actually just opened my mind to what was possible without getting all woo-woo. It was totally. just such a nice, um, yeah, confirmation that you don't have to be stuck with the everyday. No. So yes. yeah. Anyway, you have a bit of a resource for anyone that might be interested yeah. in doing it, don't you? Yeah. Tell me about it. So same as you, I got a million questions when I was there, both on my personal Instagram and my business one. And even months and months after I left Bali, I still got so many questions. How are you doing this? Do you have a secret sugar daddy? I don't. <laughs> like, is this for real? Is this just like what you're showing on Instagram? And so I basically started tracking all of the questions that I got and created an entire resource um, that basically shows you kind of two things. So the first part is how to actually set up an online business. And the advice and the angle that we go from is more from creating a brand that's going to give you longevity as opposed to kind of systems or, you know, quick ways to make money online. It's really actually going like, this is how you need to build your brand um, and then set up that business to remain online. And then the second part is how to live in Bali, but it's more specific actually to Changu because that's where I lived. Um, yeah. And I think that's, and that's where a lot of the digital yeah. nomad. Yeah. yeah, it's the biggest, I think, expat community anyways. It's where you want to be. So, mm. yeah, and it breaks down everything. So it's, you know, we've covered sections of like these are my fears and we've plotted out like all the fears and come up with solutions. So it's like you buy this book, you'll have no excuses. <laughs> you will <laughs> be booking that. that. You'll be booking that flight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> if you guys want to get, it's really cheap. So, um, mm-hmm. how much, how much are you selling it for? So it's 49 New Zealand dollars. Yeah. So. And then if anyone wants it, you've got a discount for talk social to me listeners too, don't you? Yes, we sure do. So <laughs> there will be, I think it's a 20% discount it for is anyone. 20% that, off. Yeah. Yeah. Clicks through from that link. So yeah. I know that it's a resource that I definitely would have gotten on board with when I was totally. planning because yeah. I spent so much time Googling and it's just cool to sort yeah. of hear other people's experiences, even though yours is completely unique when you get totally. there, it's nice to know what's in store. So. Oh, totally. 
Yeah. Cool. cool. Any parting thoughts? Um, just do it. Don't let yes. people hold you back. Like, seriously, <laughs> just do it. Um, you will never regret doing something that's a little bit outside of the box that you've always wanted to do. And I know. Just, and honestly, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Ellery. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is proudly supported by ConvertKit. Social media is great and all, but newsflash, we don't own our followers. The algorithms are constantly changing and you don't sell on social. All reasons why I always recommend email marketing as an important step in every social media strategy. ConvertKit is the email marketing software that I use and love within my own business. And to support the podcast, the folks over at ConvertKit are offering a free 30-day trial to talk social to me listeners. Head over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash convertkit to sign up now.